I'm excited to preach the word today. We're in a, what we call like a kind of a mini series, just a three part series is the second of three on worship, kind of the, really the biggest topic that you can imagine, uh, worship. Like I said last week, it's the thing that we are going to do for eternity. Uh, some things will stop, like we're, we're, we're not going to probably have to share the gospel with people um, who don't know Jesus. You know, we won't have to do that anymore. All the mission initiatives and mission work that we do to try to display Jesus to people that don't know about him, all that's going to stop. Uh, but worship Hallelujah. is going to continue forever. Um, pretty awesome. So it's an important topic. That's kind of why I'm saying that. Well, I spent about half of my message last Sunday laying a foundation for what worship is and what it isn't. Uh, we talked a lot about it's not just it's not just singing. You know, we did a little we did a little worship this morning, right? We we sang for like 20, 25 minutes. Julie and the team did a great job just, you know, leading us in songs. But worship is much more encompassing than just coming together for 20 or 30 minutes a week um, and singing songs. That's part of it, but it really encompasses our whole life. Worship is a lifestyle. It's what we do with what we've been given. And each of us have been given a portion of gifting, uh, a portion of money and resources and things. Each of us have been given time. Well, we all kind of have the same amount of time, right? The same amount of hours in the day. Uh, so worship is really very practical in many ways. It's what you do with what you've been given. One of many verses uh, that we could point to is Romans chapter 1, verse 1. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So we no longer offer uh, goats and different things like that. We're not offering animals on altars, you know, sacrificing animals, but now we are the sacrifice. Like we, in a sense, put ourselves on the altar and we offer ourselves, our bodies, all that we are Amen. to God. So worship is what we do with our bodies. It's how we live from morning till night each day. It's a mindset of giving ourselves and all we have to God. Um, we talked last week a little bit, just want to review a bit, but we talked a little bit about how everything we are is God's. All of our time, all of our talents, all of the things that we own, all the money that we have in the bank, we think it's ours, but it's actually not ours. If we're followers of Jesus, it's all God's. And we talked a little bit too about how when we try to hold on to certain things. Well, I want I want God, and I, you know, I want to want to love Him. Want to go to heaven for eternity, but I, I just want to. I want I want this. This is mine. 
this is mine, and you know, God can have this, but not this, that it creates like a tension in us, right? A dissonance, a lack of peace. Uh, the peace of God really comes when we, when we let go. And we say, Lord, it's, it's all yours. It's all yours. I trust in you. Uh, and that includes our bodies, our lungs, our breath, the breath in us. You know, all that we are is God's. So worship is really giving God what's already his, right? It's offering our best to God. True worship is never mediocre. And we talked a little bit about that. We looked at some verses in Amos and um, Malachi that when, you know, when we worship God, we should give our very best to God. We don't want to give what is lame or half-hearted. It's fitting Right? To give God the very best and that our offering to him, the offering of ourselves would be a sweet smelling fragrance to the Lord. And we worship God, why? Because he's worthy. He's so good. He's so good. He's holy. He's powerful. He's all wise. He is eternal. He's transcendent. He's the creator. He's the savior. He's the one who uh, decided to make us and also come and give his life in exchange for us so that we can be saved. He died on the cross for us. For so many reasons, we worship him. He dwells in unapproachable light. He's a consuming fire. You know, to see God in all of his glory would, would cause us, I don't think we could, you know, do that. We'd probably just die. But if we could survive it, we would just crumple up into the dust of surrender in humility before him. Worship is the only fitting response when we catch a glimpse of who he is. Worship cannot be reduced to just one thing. It's a dynamic range of responses. In its fullest expression, it does include surrender. It, it includes awe, uh, reverence. It includes fear and trembling, brokenness and contrition, longings for mercy. I feel like the times where God has like made himself most known to me there has been fear and tears and trembling. And, but you know what? It's interesting. The, the greatest thing that, that marks me in those moments is longing. You just feel like, oh, I just, I want to be close to you. I want to know you. I want to be drawn out into you. It just seems like all, uh, all that's of the earth just kind of grows dim, right? And it almost becomes uninteresting in the light of his glory. He's so good and so beautiful. You just, you just feel drawn out, like burning desires to, to come closer to him. Worship encompasses all that we are. Now today, that's just kind of a review and little intro, uh, but today I want to talk specifically about worshiping God with our giftings. Again, I, you know, we're kind of using these three different things. We've all been given a portion of time, money, and giftings, 
All right, and we're you know there's other things we've been given, but those are kind of like the three big ones. And worship is what we do with what we've been given in terms of these three things. So today I want to look at this idea of giftings or talents or abilities. Worship is what we do with what we've been given in terms of our abilities. Each of us has been given certain abilities by God to be used for the building up of the body of Christ, which is the the church. What are we doing with our giftings? Are we giving our best abilities to advance the kingdom of God? Now, there are two specific ways. We'll kind of get into the bad news first, but just the problems. But there are two specific ways in which we miss the mark in using our God-given giftings. All right? The first way is that we neglect our giftings. God has given us, every one of us, unique abilities, but for whatever reason, we allow these abilities to sort of collect dust, right? We just, for whatever reason, we we don't use them. Maybe we lack confidence uh, to use them. We think other people are better than us, um, or we just kind of get lazy about things. Some of us are just blind to the things that we're actually really good at, spectacular at. Um, some of us have a low view of ourselves, so we, we can't even imagine that we would have anything special to offer God's kingdom. And of course, that's a great lie. God has made each and every one of us uh, special. Each of us are fearfully and wonderfully made, and God has given to each of us special giftings that are to be used for the body. Now, the second way we miss the mark with our God-given giftings is by misuse. What I mean is that we use the giftings that God has endowed upon us primarily for our own benefit, our own ambitions, our own pleasures, our own career and prosperity. Now, there's a balance there because God has, of course, ordained for us to uh, use our giftings to survive, right, and to better our lives. That's a good thing, and it's part of the the kingdom of God. But the problem comes when we spend our best abilities to benefit ourselves, and God's kingdom work gets leftover scraps or nothing at all. Can I get an amen? Amen. Right? That's That's not cool. That's not good. We don't want to do that. If God has given us giftings, and he most certainly has... He intends for us to use them for the building up of the body of Christ, the church of Jesus. If we aren't doing that, we are kind of missing the whole purpose of the gifts we possess. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Let me give you a few verses on scripture, on on, uh, what scripture says about gifting or talents or abilities. This is Romans chapter 12, verses four to eight. It says this, for as in one body, we have many members. This is a metaphor that is also found, kind of uh, expounded deeper in the book of Corinthians. But for as in one body, we all have many members. He's speaking of like kind of a natural body, right? You know, we have hand, we have a foot, we have different members of our bodies, right? Physical bodies. And each of the members of our body like play diff- different roles, right? It all wor- works together. Um, the hand does something different than the nose does. The ear does something different than the mouth does. You know, every 
part of the body. Some are visible, some invisible. They all play kind of different roles and they all work together. And that is a metaphor in scripture for the body of Christ, the, the family, the church, the church of the living God, all right? Well, back to Romans 12. As in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let's just pause there. Everybody doesn't have the same giftings. Some people uh, do some things. Some people do other things. That's just the point in God's family. And God has distributed those unique abilities according to his own wisdom. So having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, I love this exhortation, let us use them. And then he gives some examples. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11 say this, as, same idea, as each has received a gift. Do you hear what that's saying? That means to each, to each what? Each Christian, each person in the body of Christ, each person that God has called out of the world and into his kingdom, to each of us, that's me, that's you, to each of us, we've received a gift. You might be like, what? I didn't know that. I didn't know I get, no, you have a gift. (laughs) We have giftings. We have abilities. We've been given specific things through the power of the Spirit. And then again, the exhortation, as each has received a gift, use it. How? Here it is. To serve one another. Use your gifts to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever, and gives a couple examples, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. And here's the ultimate purpose. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Because to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And I'll give you one more portion here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 11. Now there are varieties of gifts. Here's that idea again. Varieties of giftings within the family of God. But it's the same Holy Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in every one. Each, there it is again, to each follower of Jesus, to each Christian is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. There's the purpose again. It's, you know, we've, we've not been given a manifestation of the Spirit. We've not been given giftings and abilities merely to, uh, you know, pay our bills. 
or merely to prosper ourselves or our own lives or to benefit our own lives. Again, sure, yes, we're supposed to love ourselves, take care of ourselves, take care of our family, manage our families and all that. But the purpose of the specific gifting that God has given to me and to you is for the building up of the body, for the common good. For to one, and he gives some examples here, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. And all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, there are many, uh, well, there are a few different lists uh, in the New Testament, like Ephesians 4 kind of talks more about, you know, pastors and teachers and uh, apostles and prophets and evangelists. That's another list. I think there's another list that talks about, you know, gifts of mercy or administration. There's, there's, I don't know how many, three, four different lists of giftings. I don't think, it's my view, okay, I could be wrong, but it's my view that the writers of Scripture never intended to give us an exhaustive list. Like, these are the only things. Like, you got to fit into the, one of these, one of these nine, all right? One of these four or five. Um, I think they were just kind of samplings. I think each of us has to somehow figure out, all right, this is where the challenge comes, the discovery of our unique giftings. And it takes time and thought, doesn't it? You know, those who have been Christians for a long time, you, you, it's not just one thing. Ah, there it is. I'm, I'm the discerner of spirits. That's my role in the body. I'm a discerner of spirits. And okay, what does that even mean? Because scripture doesn't even like unpack the definitions, even though I've heard extensive teachings sometimes like on the nine gifts of the spirit. And like each of them are, it's like pages of notes and it's like not even in scripture, right? It's like, where do they get all this stuff? How do they know all this? You know, well, I, you know. That's another whole thing, but um, I think each of us has a unique blend of various giftings and a unique thing to contribute that no one else can contribute. I think that's kind of exciting. I remember that from my Bible school days. Some people saying, "There's a there's a job for you to do that nobody else can do." Wow, that's kind of that's kind of heavy. <laughs> it's like, whoa, right, I better do this thing, you know. But it's also exciting. Because I think there is a little bit of a part of us is like, eh, what am I, what am I going to do? I'm sure, I'm sure God will get done whatever God's got to get done. He'll get other people to do stuff. And we just kind of, you know, just whatever. Let other people do it or let other people get up front and do all the ministry stuff. And we're just going to sit back. No! Like God has called you out of the world as a follower of Jesus. He has put his Holy Spirit upon you. He has given you special abilities. You're saying, I don't know what those are. It doesn't matter. They're there. They're in there. You're going to find them. You're going to figure it out. This is why you need to pray about it. God has given you specific abilities to build up the body of Christ. Now, it, okay. it doesn't mean that 
Um, you're going to be the next uh, huge, uh, you know, Billy Graham or, uh, you know, famous event. We're not talking about that, okay? Sometimes in the kingdom of God, how many know some people are called to use their giftings in sort of obscure ways, right? They're, they're, they're almost invisible, the things that are behind the scenes. I mean, there's been people who have gone to mission fields and have labored for decades without visible results. And maybe they've just spent most of their time praying and just seeking. And that is their particular, maybe the gifting is intercession. And that's been their role. And then others tend to be like out in front. Like we had last week, uh, Deborah, uh, David Karambizi's, uh, was is he your cousin, I think, right? Uh, who, who came and sang, like, out front, right? You know, she's a beautiful singer, um, amazing. And she's, like, kind of traveling around, doing different things. And so some people have those out front roles. That's, a, that's not what we're talking about. It doesn't matter if it's, whether it's out front or behind the scenes, doesn't matter. What matters, what my point is, is that every single one of us have been given abilities by God to build up the body of Christ. And again, it, it takes some time to figure it out. You know, like we don't know exactly maybe what, I don't think it's one thing. You know, we're, we're, we kind of have multiple giftings and it, it, it probably doesn't fit exactly perfectly into the little lists in the New Testament. I mean, maybe you do, like faith, I think, is a simple one or, or that we read on one of the lists. Like faith uh, people who have faith have the ability to hear the voice of God in a very clear way, even when it's something crazy that seems crazy to others, but they know that God is going to do it. They just have this like strange like faith. It's an impartation of conviction, and they know that God is going to do it. So that, that is a gift. That is a faith. What is that bell? Where is that coming from? Is that our doorbell outside? Is that okay? It's time to pray. It's time to pray. Okay, Lord, Lord, help this long sermon to end quickly. <laughs> Thank you, Roger. <laughs> but here's just a, a smattering of some other abilities that are not exactly mentioned, maybe in Scripture. The gift of listening. Um, some people are incredible talkers. I'm not going to point, I am so tempted to point out certain people, like Josie, for example, who's just a really good communicator. Like, she's just like, I hate talking on the phone. Some people are like, I love it. Get on the phone, do it, you know, negotiate with people. Uh, they're, they're just gifted at that. Um, <laughs> no, we need talkers and we need really, really good listeners. We need problem solvers. Some people are excellent with systems. Uh, some people are good at just administration. They love that. They come alive with that. Um, some aren't, you know, gifted in that way. Some are really gifted at gathering people. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, they're just good. Like, they just, they're like the Pied Piper. They just, you know, people just follow them. They just want to, like, they're just so good at that. I can think of certain people like that. Some people are just gifted with intercession. I think we're all called to pray. But some people just have, remember Anna in the New Testament? Like, she spent all of her days, right, in the temple, fasting and praying day and night uh, for, you know, for the work of God. That's a gift. That's a special calling. 
some people are really good at maintaining things and sustaining things. Um, they're excellent at that. They, maybe they don't come up with the ideas, but they're the ones that can step in and kind of bring some order to it and just carry things. They're the kind that are very consistent uh, for the long haul. Some people are gifted. Now, we should all be hospitable, but some people are just extra gifted at hospitality. Have you ever noticed that? They just make you feel warm. You come into their home and you just feel, you feel connected with them. Uh, they love to do it. They love to open their home. They have people staying in their home all the time. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, I, this isn't really a gifting, but I just put the word, the phrase, social butterfly. I, you're not going to find it in the New Testament, but some people just have this. This is the person, this is the certain gift that you just want this person at your party, right? You just want them at your party. Like some people can just flow in and out. They're at a wedding. They love weddings because, oh my gosh, I'm going to connect with 200 people. All right. This is not me, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, I want to connect with one person that's sitting next to me at the table of 10. I'm going to ignore everyone else and just connect with the person right next to me and have a nice, quiet conversation for an hour and a half. But the social butterfly gifting, they're just connectors, right? And they connect people with other people and they just, they bring life to a room. Uh, some people are gifted in very specific things like, like the culinary arts or other kinds of arts or design. Uh, some people are gifted, this would be me, optimism. Some people are gifted, like my wife, realism. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Uh, some people are athletic. Some people are incredibly gifted at working with uh, people, maybe with children, that have special needs. Wow, is that a unique gifting. Or people who are gifted to just be with the sick or the dying. Um, some people are savvy and gifted in business, in gardening, in various trades, in writing. In Here's, here's a gifting that is... Uh, really useful in the body of Christ, the gifting of arranging things or arranging, kind of f pulling out the gifting or identifying the gifting in different people. Like coaches sometimes are really exceptional at this, right? And there's a particular person on the team, they're playing a certain position and the coach is realized, no, this is the wrong they need, to be, they need to be in this position over here. And this person over here, they need to be over here. And these two need to work together because they work together really well. And some people, are, they can just see that big picture, that kind of coach gifting. Some people are good at mobilizing, putting a fire, a flame under your tush. Is it okay to say tush? <laughs> um, and just, you know, some people are just motivators, uh, cheerleaders, you know, in, in, in the body. And I could keep going. These are just, but I'm saying, don't, don't get too hung up on the exact lists uh, that are in the New Testament. Um, God has given each of us unique giftings, and it's a challenge to figure it out. If you're having a hard time figuring out what your gifting is, ask other people, right? Because some of us are just so, we've been so beat up 
by life. Maybe when we were kids or something, you know, like we had certain things that we did, and it just people like crushed it out of us. A teacher crushed it out, a parent crushed it out. Like it just to the point where the thing that we were gifted in, we just, it's like a painful experience. Like we don't even want to think about it anymore. Uh, sometimes we have to like just kind of push past that, get the healing, and ask other people, what, you know, what do you think my contribution is? Don't ask people, what do you think I'm spectacular at? <laughs> All right, you know, just, but just what do you think is the best role? What do you see me doing like in, in, in this particular ministry or whatever? And a lot of times other people can see our gifting uh, much more clear than we can see it ourselves. All right, getting a little more practical. Um, how can our gifts be used in, in the church, at Wren Church specifically? Now, you've heard us kind of talk about like big church and small church or uh, these large gatherings, not large, but you know, like all, everyone, all church gatherings and then are what we call small communities. Well, in the big church, if you've been around for a while, you've heard me talk about this quite a bit, there's not a lot of room Right? It's kind of limited how much you can actually do. That's part of the reason why we give the 10, 15 minutes of fellowship in the middle because we just want you guys to just like flow, like pray for each other, love each other, listen to each other. Some of the giftings, by the way, can flow. This isn't like a 10-minute, we got to just sit around for 10 minutes, wait for the sermon. This is actually an opportunity to use some of our giftings. This is, this is where the social butterflies really uh, flourish. But all of us, Really, um, I think just being a good listener, um, just loving people, being an encourager. Some, some of you just, you're huggers, you just smile at people. All of that is, that's, that's you using your, your giftings. Some of you will listen to somebody for two or three minutes and then just whew, like share one little nugget of wisdom or share something from your own life. And it's like super encouraging. Uh, I bet some of you will go home today and you won't remember a thing that I said, but you'll remember that one thing that somebody shared with you during the 10-minute fellowship, right? Right? <laughs> You're supposed to say, no, we're going to remember all of you. This sermon is changing my life. I'm never going to forget anything. <laughs> I'm self-aware, okay? I get it. I get it. My voice is... Uh, You've heard, you've heard me say it all. Anyways, so, okay. In, in the big gathering, big relative, you know, like this all-church gathering, sure, there's people who speak. I don't do all the speaking. Other people speak. There's music gifts that play into it. Audio-visual, kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, there's people serving in our kids' ministries, welcome security, uh, and even things like I mean, I'm looking at Roger and Jackie here who do, do a lot of the space improvements and just kind of maintaining the organization of the space. If you want to know why things are so neat in this building, it's Jackie, okay? It is Jackie. If you're like, where is the scotch tape? I don't ask me. Ask Jackie. Because <laughs> she know, And she just has that gift. She loves to uh, bring, bring order to... No, the other way. <laughs> Take chaos and bring it into order. Yeah, she's good at that. But these guys have done that for 20 years and, and been huge, kind of behind-the-scenes help. But when it comes to the, the all-church, this really it's more of a passive experience, right? You're sitting right now. You're listening to me uh, talk. You know, we sang some songs, but pretty much the musicians on the stage are doing um, most of the work, most of the heavy lifting. 
So it's really in our small church experience or small uh, communities, as we call them. Uh, some have called them micro churches. Uh, some have called them. One of my friends uh, has he calls them micro sites, and they're just like little groups of fifteen to twenty people who meet in different places. Uh, one of my other friends uh, calls them mobile mobile church, and they on Sundays will meet in different locations, and the church kind of breaks up into these smaller pieces, and it's a good thing. So for us. Um, it's it, it looks like 10 to 15 to 20, sometimes 25 people coming together. Um, and it's really a perfect opportunity to use your giftings. Things like hospitality, uh, sharing the word. If you want to preach the word on Sunday morning up in front here, and so you might have to kind of wait a while. I don't give up the pulpit too often. And when I do, I'm very selective with who I give it to. So there's, but everybody has a voice. And so the smaller communities give that opportunity for everybody to share the word, to share their story, to share their testimony, um, to use their gifts of facilitation or communication, prayer, encouragement, even prophecy. See, the beautiful thing about a smaller, a smaller community is that you actually know the people. You get to know the people in that circle. You get to know individuals in that context. And you can begin to pray, and God will give you specific words of encouragement. Like right now, I'm speaking to whatever is how many people in the room, 75 or 100 or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm, speaking, to, I'm speaking in generalities. Uh, some maybe aren't even Christian. You know, some are brand new Christians. Some have been Christians for 40, 50 years. Uh, we come from all different backgrounds. So I'm, I'm having to speak in a very general sense. But how many know we need specific words? And those kinds of things can happen in the smaller expressions. So that said, I strongly encourage every one of us uh, to be in one of our five different uh, small missional communities. Right now, there's about about 100 people that are involved in our small communities. Uh, the small communities right now gather. There's actually three of them that gather today. There's one that gathers um, at 1 o'clock, one at 4, and one at 5. Um, but they're gathering in all different locations uh, about once or twice a month. And one of them meets here in this space. Usually they meet downstairs in the cafe. Uh, one is meeting over on College Hill, uh, kind of east, um, the east side, Wickenden Street, the Varton Gregorian School. One of the groups uh, is meeting in an athletic center over in Cranston on Pontiac Ave. Uh, one of the, the groups is meeting actually today, one over in uh, it's kind of the East Bay group, but in East uh, Providence, the Rumford area, kind of near Seven Stars. It's a big community room, and it's part of an, a high-rise apartment complex. And then uh, the one in Warwick, the West Bay ones, we're looking at, this isn't definite yet, but we're looking at uh, renting and kind of an old school that hasn't been used. I've been trying to, there's a, another church that's been trying to sell this building for a couple of years and it's just been sitting there. So I, I just kind of said, hey, what if we used it for mission? We've been uh, starting a conversation about that. I'll tell you more about that soon. But anyways, the idea is that we have these smaller communities uh, 
20, 25 people, uh, kind of geographically based, and that we're coming together to, to fulfill the one another's and to really live out our giftings. Um, if you want to know how to be a part of that, I'm looking at most of you probably in the room are part of these already, but if you aren't in one of those, like, let us know. You know, we want everybody actually to be part of these. Uh, we, I mean, that's what they're for. It's not like, oh, this is an exclusive little thing. No, no we, these are open, wide open to, to everybody. Um, so let us know. And you can, you can even try a couple different ones or, you know, just try one in your neighborhood and, and see if that's going to work for you. Now, this is kind of a big thing. Not everybody knows this. All the core members at Renaissance Church know this, but uh, starting in May, we're actually going to take this whole thing to the next level, all right? So the first and third, you might want to really listen right now, the first and third Sundays of every month, we're going to be all together in this space right here in this sanctuary. We're going to do what we were doing this morning, preach the word, you know, sing songs. Awesome. But on the second and fourth Sundays, we're actually going to scatter and we're going to be in our different geographic locations. Most of them will be on Sunday mornings, but there'll be a small community in Cranston and a small community over um, in, in the Rumford area, over in East Providence. There'll be one in West Bay, maybe two in West Bay. We're kind of looking at two different spaces down there that we may do. There's, this is all going to happen after Easter and even a couple weeks after Easter, not until May. Fifth Sundays, we'll keep on doing the all-together uh, community meal that we've been doing. It's been really fun. But one of the biggest reasons we're doing this is because we believe that every single person in this community has giftings. Every one of us is kind of a priest in a sense. We call it the priesthood of all believers, right? First uh, Peter chapter 2. All of us have to begin to utilize our unique giftings. And that just can't happen when 100 of us, and we've been 300 at times, there's no way. 300 people come together, 200 people come together that we can, it's just a tiny percentage of us that can utilize our giftings when we all come together like that. That's kind of why we're breaking this down. All right, I'm gonna give you in this, these last 10 minutes, uh, if, you're, if you're taking notes, this would be the time to really uh, right. It's 11.18. I am making the promise I will stop at 11.30. Or I'm going to do this in... I have nine points that I'm going to do in 11 minutes or whatever it is. All right? But these are real, just really practical things, kind of exhortations or instructions, all right? Number one, I'll number them for you. Number one, to discover how God has gifted you Imagine the question from God, if you were paid to work for me, what would you want to do with your time? In other words, what are your favorite things to do? Favorite ways to serve the church? What kinds of opportunities really get you excited? Sometimes we imagine if we ask that question, God's going to have us do the thing that we don't want to do. He's going he's gonna to make us do the thing we hate because, like, I don't know, that's who God is. Like, God just wants us to be miserable, but, you know, working, working away at the kingdom of God. That's not, that's ridiculous. 
He wants, he, cre- he designed you in certain ways to make you come alive doing particular things within his work. Uh, so that'll help you to figure out what you really should be doing. What are the things that get you excited? All right, number two. Strive to not only use your individual gifts to build the church, but to work together to blend your gifts with others. We can do things alone, but together we can do spectacular things. Pay attention to the whole. In other words, don't be so narrowly focused on your individual part or your individual ministry, but be aware of the overall mission and vision of the church and how all the parts work together. All right, number three, start using your abilities in small ways. This is really important. Don't wait around for some big opportunity, you know, for the pastor to ask you to, you know, become the leader of some branch of the church or something like that. No, just use your gifts however you can. Jesus said, be faithful in the little things, right? And the essence of what he was saying was like, eventually you'll be entrusted with bigger things. So, you know, what are the small ways that you can use your gifts now? Do that. Use them. And you'll you just watch what happens when you're faithful in those. God will open up new and greater opportunities. Number four, don't confuse gifting with ordinary stuff that just needs to get done. All right? Because I know I've had this throughout the years. Well, I don't, I don't have a burden for that. I don't have... I'm not feeling it. I'm not gifted to do that. Well, listen, it's, it's, we're talking about like cleaning a toilet. We're talking about, we just need to move the chairs like out of the sanctuary and move them into another room. Like it's not, we don't have to like overthink about it. Like this is not, nobody's gifted to do that, okay? Um, there's just certain stuff that needs to get done, right? So don't, especially, just be aware of, and this holds true in our families, right? This holds true in our households, in a church organization, at work. You know, don't be the kind of worker, maybe you work for a company, 20 people, like, listen, you know, it's not part of my job description. I was hired to do boom, boom, and boom. You know, like, no, like, just take out the trash. Like, do the sucky stuff that nobody wants to do. Like, that's, we're called to be servants always, all of us, all right? So just, you know, be sure that you, you kind of have a good mindset with that. Number five, find ways to cultivate your gifts. All right? So I don't mean just, uh, just by using them. That definitely cultivates your gifts. But also um, broadening your understanding of things, like maybe through reading or finding mentors who have a similar gifting to you. Uh, you know, there's podcasts. There's training that you can go to. Um, a simple example, of course, would be music, right? The Bible says, play skillfully your instruments as unto the Lord. Um, so that implies practice, right? Um, that implies actually learning, uh, you know, some chords or learning music theory or just trying to grow musically. And I can think of so many different examples. I'm looking at Carlos back there. You know, he's been, he does a sound and he's through the year, just such a um, hunger and, and, and thirst to, to grow, learn from other people and read different things and little seminars that they've taken and courses and resources that we've um, gotten for them so that they can continue to grow in their understanding to do it 
uh, to their very best of ability. Um, so grow, you know, find ways to grow in your gifting. Scripture says, whatever you do, do with all of your heart as unto the Lord. We're called to excellence. But don't think only how to develop your own giftings, but also the giftings of others, right? Philippians 2. Who can you help develop? Who are the people in the church with similar, but maybe undeveloped giftings? Even two people on the same level can be a tremendous help to each other, right? Sharpening one another. Musicians, for example. The goal isn't just to be the best I can be at my individual gifting. Now, it's very American, right? We're all about like our own thing, my ministry. I'm going to be the best at this in the whole world. Like that's, we're missing the point. Like this is a together thing. This is a family thing. We're part of the body of Christ. We want to help each other to develop in their giftings. Number six, be selective with how you use your giftings. Ask yourself what the use of your giftings is accomplishing. I think of my wife uh, several years ago who was kind of working hard at this particular job that she had. And I think just over time, real, it was, she was working for a bank and she kind of realized this is not, this is not a good use of my, you know, she's very gifted at administration. And she's a gifted talker. She can talk on the phone. Like I make her do all the phone calls in our family. But she's, you know, really, but she kind of realized I'm basically working for this bank who's owned by really greedy people who just, like, I'm, it's not the best use of my gifting. Think about your gifting is too valuable to just throw it anywhere, right? God has given, this is a God given gift. Don't just spend it. And listen, you need to make that decision because if you don't make it, other people will try to make it for you. Like, this is what you need to do with your gifting. Like, and they're going to pull, pull you into their thing and to, you know, prosper them or make their thing successful or whatever. You need to, between you and the Lord, say, Lord, what would you have me to do with this particular gifting that you have given to me? Be selective. Um, All right, number seven. I got four minutes. Don't ever boast in your giftings. Gifts are just that. They're gifts. They've been given to us. They're from above. God has given us these things. Why would we boast about something we've been given by God? If we have more intelligence or more musical ability or business savvy or whatever it is than others around it, it's because God has decided to give us that Right? It's not like we didn't do anything. It's just like, I don't know. Like some people are just gifted, crazy gifted at certain things. Um, but it's really silly to boast about those things. Um, you know, the essence of pride is to take delight in doing something better than other people. Right? That's what pride is all about. It's competitive. Uh, stay humble. Remember that all gifts come from the Lord. It's interesting in Scripture, in God's kingdom, people are not honored for their gifting, right? They're honored for what they do with their gifting, what they do with what they've been given. 
All right, number eight. I got two more. Sometimes there is room in a church for one role for a particular thing, but there may be two or three or seven or eight uh, people who desire to play that role. Right? Have you ever seen this play out? I have in the last 20 years. Listen, have the humility, if you are not the one playing the role, the coveted role, to support the person who is playing the role. Wow, that takes some grace, doesn't it? That takes real character. I know as a pastor through the years, been doing this 20 years, just at Wren and then other churches as well, but that, that just speaks to me. Like, wow, when someone who's not even in the, you know, they don't, they're not getting the glory of, I'm the leader of this particular thing, but they are just serving the one who is in the role. Whoa, okay, that's character right there. That's beautiful. So yes, be humble, be a team. Number nine, don't expect, this is the last one, don't expect the use of your giftings in the church to be neat and tidy. <laughs> It'll be messy. You may not be appreciated. Oh, I poured out so much of my abilities into the kingdom. Listen, you're not doing it. You're not doing it for the pastor. If you're doing it for me or one of the pastors, you're going to be disappointed. Because I'm probably not going to be appreciative enough. It's not for me. It's not for the people in your small group. or the. This is for the Lord, right? Whatever you do, do as unto the Lord. But it'll be messy. I mean, it's good to be appreciated. We should all try to appreciate each other and honor each other. But your gifts, listen, will sometimes be used to help people who are really messy. Maybe they've suffered trauma. Uh, maybe they are in the thick of struggles with sin, right? This isn't, isn't how we really think about it, right? We're going to come in. God has gifted me. I'm going to do, I'm going to use my gifts in the body of Christ. And it's going to be like exhilarating. Yeah. So satisfying. And we realize when you really step into it, you're stepping into the mud. You're stepping into the thick of it. You're stepping into people, Right? Even it's interesting. I was thinking about this last night. When we have the big gatherings, oh, it is so easy to be neat and tidy. Right? You come in, you start at this time, you end at this time. We're gonna have 20 minutes of music, we're gonna have a little message, and everybody just listens and takes notes, and then everybody goes. It is so easy to be neat and tidy because like you don't even get to know anybody, right? It's when you start doing the small communities and small church expressions and getting in, into each other's lives, oh, that's when the good stuff comes out, right? That's when it gets messy. That's when opinions start flying. That's when people's feelings get hurt. That's when all the... And then some of you, you'll do that. Small communities, okay, it's romantic. We're going to do this thing. Small community is going to be the intimate and amazing. And you're going to get into it like five steps and you're going to realize this is... This is terrible. Uh, and I want to go to a church where I can just sit in the back pew and not talk to anybody and just be entertained for an hour each week and feel that I've done something spiritual. Can I get an amen? amen. amen. All right, so don't expect it to be neat and tidy. It'll be messy. Um, <laughs> it's hard to measure how effective your gifts 
are being used. When we sit on the sidelines of church life, our church experience is comfortable and nice. But once we get into the game, we are going to get dirty. So don't expect the use of your gifts in the church to be just like, oh, this is the most wonderful thing. Expect messiness. But listen, my last word is this. Remember that Jesus himself stepped out of the neatness and the tidiness of glory and came into the the filth of this world, right? And interacted with us. And he moved toward the mess and the dirt, right? And the sin, he moved toward us. We're, we're a mess. So that's what ministry really is all about. You want to use your giftings and your abilities in, in, in the, the kingdom of God? Get ready, get ready to follow Jesus into the mess of people. Amen? Amen. All right. I was, it was close. Two minutes. That last point stirred me up a little bit. Got me off track. It's the point's fault, not my fault. <laughs> All right, Father, thank you for um, your great love for us. Thank you for giving us uh, abilities and each of us different giftings. And Lord, just show us what those are and show us how to use them, how to use them well, and give us grace to, to use them. You know, help us not to get discouraged because nobody was clapping for us or nobody was, you know, applauding us or whatever. Lord, just help us to just plow hard, to put, kind of put our hands to the plow and just move forward and just do the things you've called us to do in the, the lives of, you know, messy people and help us to, you yeah, help us to grow your kingdom. Uh, help us to play our role. We can't, we're not, none of us are going to, you know, do all the work. Lord, you've not designed it that way. You've designed each of us to play our part well. And so may we do that. May 2023 be a year of the giftings of God in each of us flourishing like never before. Help each of us to find our role, our position within the body. And yeah, and let it, let it be all for your, your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.